In the name of Jesus, Amen. Joel chapter 2 verse 12 says, Return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Rend your hearts and not your garments. That means that God wants inner sincerity and not just outward show. He doesn't want a sign of it or just an outward appearance of it. He doesn't want pretend sorrow or a showy piety or fake contrition. God knows the difference between these things. He knows what is genuine and what is fake. When you are truly sorry for your sins and when you're not. Hypocrites can rend their garments. But only Christians can rend their hearts. The bottom line is this. Don't just look repentant. Repent. God says true repentance. Uh, God says that true repentance is that you rend your heart. Uh, What does rend mean? Um, It means to rip. It means to tear to pieces. uh, To pull apart limb by limb. Uh, Let me ask, can you guys hear me or is the microphone off? You can hear me? All right, good. All right. Um, so, So to rend means to take your heart and to tear it apart in pieces. To shred it. Uh, It's used in the scriptures elsewhere uh, to pull apart limb by limb like an animal uh, devouring another animal, ripping that animal apart. Uh, Examples of this in the scriptures are Reuben or Jacob or Joshua, David. What they did is they tore their clothes when they were in sorrow, things like this. Uh, They would take their shirt and then tear it there. That is what God is telling you to do to your heart. To take your heart and then tear it apart. To rip it into pieces and to pull it apart. Now, the the question is, how do you rend your heart? How do you do that? Uh, You do it not by fabricating remorse for your sin. Uh, Don't manufacture your contrition or wail and beat your chest in these ways. Uh, This is how you rend your heart. There's two things. One, you compare yourself. And you don't compare yourself to your neighbor. And you don't compare yourself to ideas or to the world. You compare yourself to God. Compare yourself to Him and His holy law. Compare yourself to what the law says. What is intrinsic to who He is. And the second thing is this. When you see and you compare yourself and you see that you failed, that you are not as holy and righteous and innocent and good as God is, as his law demands, then the second thing is that you consider what you rightly deserve because of that. You deserve not a slap on the wrist or a look of disapproval from God. You deserve truly temporal and eternal damnation. Temporal death and eternal damnation. 
That is the just reward for sin. So the way this sermon works, the way the law works, is that the law is not a magnifying glass for you to look around and find uh, the problems in your neighbor. Rather, the law is a mirror that shows you, you. What you, who you are and what you deserve. So what I'm, the reason I'm saying that is because um, in the sermon, as I preach the law here and I go through the Ten Commandments, I, you're going to be tempted to think about other people who, didn't, who failed at these things or people who hurt you or sinned against you. And if you do that, then you're missing the point and you could just leave now. That's, it's, you're wasting your time. But if you listen to this and consider yourself, then the sermon will work. Then the law is going to go to your heart and it's going to rend it into pieces. So when, when I preach this word, I want you to consider yourself. Just think, pretend nobody else is in here, only you. And that uh, this sermon is only coming to you and your ears only. So everything that's said, consider yourself alone. Okay? So that's what we'll do here tonight. I'm going to question you and I want you to answer for yourself what you have and haven't done. God says you shall have no other gods, none, no other gods before my face. So what is the best thing in your life? What would make you happy? What are you, if, if you're lacking something, what is the thing that you want that would make your life complete? What gives your life meaning and purpose? What is the thing you're most afraid of losing in life? What do you love the most? What do you trust in the most? What is, when you wake up in the morning, what is the first thing on your mind in the morning? When you make decisions, who are you thinking about for those decisions? If the answer to all of that was not God, then you are profoundly sinful and selfish and thinking only of yourself. When life goes well, do you have good and strong faith? Do you love coming to church when life is going well? And when life is going poorly, are you uh, shaky in the faith? Are you wondering uh, whether God loves you or questioning His Word? Does your life contradict God? Does it contradict His Word? the way you're living? Do you push back against God? Do you live against Him? God also says you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. So, have you spoken of holy things in a frivolous or unserious way? Have you cursed? Have you joked about hell or damnation as if it's some light thing, as if it's not real? Have you broken your baptismal vow or your confirmation vows that you promised to come to church every single Sunday? You promised that in your confirmation. That you would suffer all rather than fall away. Have you broken your marriage vow that you made before God Almighty to bless your marriage? Have you prayed frequently and fervently every day? Have you prayed with your wife and your children? 
Have you prayed with other members of the church? Are you uh, absent-minded in your prayers? When you come to church, then you go through the liturgy. Is your mind elsewhere while you're just mumbling off the words? God says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Have you skipped church? Even once. Have you been somewhere else when Christ was here in his body and blood, giving us his very body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins? Where were you? Have you daydreamed in church? Have you been bored in church? Have you fallen asleep when God's holy word is preached into your ears to save you? Have you shut off your mind to that? Have you given any support or money or offering to the preaching of God's word? Or have you considered more how you ought to spend it on yourself? Or you've given more to Disney and Apple and Amazon and entertainment and things like that? Do you think twice about giving to the church but nothing about your own, uh, your own vacation and what you'll spend there? Have you grown as a Christian? Have you made any progress or improvement in the Christian life? Any? Do you take Lent seriously? Do you fast? Do you pray? Do you give more? God says, honor your father and your mother. Children, all children, and those who can't understand yet. Um, your, your father and mother will teach you this. Children, do you whine? Are you disobedient? Do you scream and yell at your parents who love you and give all they have for you and labor, sweat, and tears for you? Do you thank your parents for everything they do for you? Do you consider your parents and how they feel sometimes and how it, it completely exhausted they are? Or do you care only about yourself, children? Parents, are you good examples? Are you, or, or are you impatient to your children? Are you angry and unfair with them? Do you ever think or feel that life was better without children than with the children that God has blessed you with? For, for all of you, do you listen to the authorities that God placed above you, that rightly have authority over you? Do you genuinely pray for them? Do you pray for their conversion and their repentance and their salvation? Or do you just want to cry out for God's wrath to be poured out upon them? How do you behave toward your pastor? Do you speak well of him? Do you pray for him? Do you love him? Do you recognize the dozens of, of burdens that he carries? Or do you make his calling difficult with stubbornness and passive aggressiveness and anger? God says you shall not murder. Are you angry? Are you an angry person? Are you grumpy? Do you hold a grudge against anyone? Are you ignoring this person? Are you distant from this person? Have you cut them out of your life? Are you annoyed with them? Are you irritated with them? Do, does your blood boil when you think of this person? Do you keep a record of wrong? Do you discipline your body? Or do you eat too much? Do you drink too much? Do you stress and worry too much when God says not to? 
Are you slowly killing yourself through drugs and food and drink and laziness and promiscuity? Are you doing that? God says you shall not commit adultery. Are you chaste and decent? Or are you living against God? Do you look at others with lust in your eyes and in your heart? Have you lusted after images on your phone or your computer or your TV or coworkers or other people? Do you wear revealing and offensive clothing? Have you spoken crudely about sex and made light of the intimacy that God has given to a husband and a wife? Have you practiced complete abstinence or living together before marriage and have you defiled the, the, the marriage bed? Do you mock marriage? Uh, uh, do you mock your wife or mistreat her? Have you made time for her? Have you taken her on dates? Have you loved her? Wives, have you submitted to your husbands as to the Lord? Have you respected your husbands and looked up to them? All of you, have you prevented yourself from having children or rejected children as a gift from God Almighty? Children are a blessing from the Lord. Have you broken your marriage vow? Have you wanted to? God says you shall not steal. Have you stolen? Have, have you been lazy? That's a form of stealing. Have you wasted time? Have you wasted money? Have you damaged property? Have you given offering? Have you been generous? Are you more careful with your own money, but you're careless with the money of others or the money of your business or the money of the church? God says you shall not bear false testimony against your neighbor. He says uh, you, uh, you shall not lie. Have you lied? Have you gossiped? Have you spread rumors or entertained rumors and listened to them? Uh, have you repeated slander? Have you been nosy about things that's none of your business and try to get into it? Have you cast doubt about other people? Have you gotten into other people's business uh, in the name or the, uh, in, in the, under the veneer of trying to help them? Do you look for the bad in others instead of the good? Is your first, is your go-to to complain about things rather than to see the good and the blessing that God has given? You shall not covet. So do you covet? Are you happy or not? Are you dissatisfied with life? Are you envious of other people? Do you complain? Are you impatient? Are you happy with the people that God has put in your life or are you unhappy with them? Uh, are you unhappy with your job or your work or your congregation or your husband or your wife and so on and so forth? So the question here, we've, we've gone through the commandments. Have you broken any of these commandments? Are you innocent or guilty according to this law? Do you have a favorite sin? Is there a sin you come back to time and time again? 
do, or, do you fight against these sins? Do you struggle and wrestle against them? Or is sin a part of your identity? Is the sin that you come back to over and over again something you think you cannot live without? Something that, that's become such a part of you. <clears throat> Dear saints, these are not just Ten Commandments. These are the holy Ten Commandments from God Almighty Himself. Don't do this thing that so many people do. So many people will hear this, and then they'll say something like this. Well, nobody's perfect. All right? Or, uh, you know what? Well, we're all guilty of something. What can you do? All right? So, so you got to cut us a break. We're, nobody's perfect. Nobody can do this. So just enough. Stop preaching about this. Stop talking about this stuff because nobody can do it. Yes, nobody is perfect, but that's not an excuse. That is a cop-out. Uh, pointing out other people's sins and saying other people are sinful too doesn't get you off of the hook. It's true that everyone is guilty, but Ash Wednesday and Lent and the law isn't about everybody else's guilt. It is about your guilt. Yours. The conclusion you should draw is I am guilty. That's what you ought to conclude here. God doesn't say everyone rend your heart. He says you. Do you have, are you hearing this? You rend your hearts. The law is pointing straight at you. <clears throat> and then after this, after Joel says those words, this, this, this is the part of the sermon I've been wanting to preach. I've been yearning to preach this. This part coming here. After Joel says that, God says, rend your heart. And then he says this, and return to me with all of your heart. With, with what heart are you to return to him with? Well, the heart you just tore apart, the heart you just ripped to pieces, the ones you shred to pieces, return with your heart of sin and grief and regret. Go back to God with that same heart. Don't rend your heart and then walk away. Don't sit here through the law and, and shred it to pieces and then go and try to fix the problem yourself. He says, rend your heart and then bring that heart to me, he says. Why? What, what is it that the Lord intends to do with my heart? What is, he, what is He going to do with our broken heart? And the next verse says this. Return to the Lord your God because He is gracious and merciful to you. Psalm 51 puts it this way. The sacrifices of God are a broken Spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. And this should give us joy beyond all measure. That God wants us to return to Him with our broken hearts because He is gracious and merciful to us. He wants to be gracious and merciful to us. He wants to forgive us for those sins. Look, this is how it works. If you go to God, proud of your sin, you're smug, you're arrogant, you boast in yourself, then God will, uh, will, will reject you. He'll despise that 
proud heart. He will reject it. But if you go to God humbled by the law with a broken spirit, knowing your guilt, knowing that you have not kept the commandments, and if you go with faith in his promises that he is gracious and merciful to you on account of Christ who bled out for you, that he spilled out all of his blood for your sake, for your salvation, then this is the heart the Lord says, I will not despise. So you take your broken heart after it's been beat up and shredded to pieces by the law and you go back to the God who said these things, trusting in his mercy that he will forgive you and he does. And he forgives you not because of any goodness in your heart, but because of the goodness in his. He is good, he is pure and gracious and merciful to you. He satisfied and took away God's anger at every single sin by sending his dear son to die for your sins on the cross, by pouring out his anger and wrath upon Jesus and not upon you. That is why you have life. That's why you're walking around. That's why you have a home and a family and good things in your life. You have many good things. This is all not an account that, that you deserve this or by default. These are gifts from God because of the death of Christ. God tells you to tear up your own heart so you wouldn't look at it anymore. And he tells you to return to him so that you would look at his heart and see what he thinks of you and how much he loves you. Open your eyes this Lent, dear saints, and see your God and see how he deals with you and your sin. How he takes it upon himself he forgives it, he washes it away in your baptism, and he feeds you with his very body and blood for your forgiveness. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.